Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of the My Love of Golf podcast, another exciting episode. We keep turning up and you keep turning up to listen, and we do appreciate every one of you that uh, does listen, and we thank you for that. Now, this week, we have a very special giveaway. Uh, we'll get to that. Uh, you will. Uh, there is a points-based system. It's not too complicated. Don't worry, but we'll, Mike will explain. Mike is the uh, admin manager for all things competition, um, just appointed this afternoon. Uh, but we've got a great giveaway. Um, it's worth sticking around for. So thanks for tuning in. Let's bring the guys in. Gentlemen, good evening. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, how are we both? Uh, Rocket, I'll go to you first. Uh, Rocket, how are you? Uh, once again, uh, with the Cracker Jack uh, background, it might not be the first time we've seen that background, but uh, well... Wow, what a week it's been for the ongoing saga that is uh, Live Investments, Saudi Golf League, and whatever other version of uh, Saudi Golf uh, involvement it's, it's it's been called but uh yeah just uh for the listeners that can't see the background please tune over at youtube if you want to see the background or look at the picture um what's going on there well f- well first of all i'd like to say thank you for um playing my music again you didn't play it last week and i'm pretty sure that you know you're worried about my allegiances and i did pledge them on 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 twitter that you know i was not entertaining any rival podcasts or anything like that and i was maintaining my full commitment to the my love of golf place that gave me my first start and uh, I'm just going to try and remain loyal and and also here to grow the game. Uh, yes, you did officially announce uh, along with Dustin Johnson, Bryson DeChambeau, <laughs> Phil Mickelson uh, and Rocket Rodney Aaron, uh, your loyalty to the tour. Uh, in our case, uh, this little tour is the um, I Love Golf podcast, so thank you for that. Um, yeah, I did think of a way to sort of open this week's podcast up and you know, basically just say I've been stringing you guys along and uh, yeah, that's it, I'm off. But uh, no, you'd already beat me to the punch. Uh, so thanks for that. It was funny. Um, yeah, but we're just growing the game. Uh, that was obviously a bit of a P15S take as well because, you know, it's it's funny. You know, we, we talk about passion for the game and, you know, doing our bit. And, you know, that for me, that basically circumferences my entire life because, you know, it is 24-7 involved in the world of golf. Um and people tell me that they think that I'm pretty passionate about it. I believe that I am. Uh, I don't do this for that sort of acknowledgement, but I'm very passionate about golf. Uh, but this topic of growing the game always, you know, everyone says, oh, you know, I hate that term. I hate that term. I hate that term. I hate that term. So that's where when I replied to your tweet, you know, G to G, you know, grow the game. It is a weird one that people keep talking about growing the game and bashing it down. Uh, what is it? What's the best way to, what's the best way to say uh, what we do actually? I'm sort of going a little bit left of field already, but that's what we do. What, what are we? What are, what are we doing in terms of what we do? Well, I, I just, you know, what you, what's the what, what's the right way to say what everyone who's passionate about it, who wants to talk and support it and, and be part of it, what, is it growing the game or not? Uh, I don't know if what we do is growing the game. I, I would say that what we're doing is providing some entertainment for people that probably wouldn't have it, mm-hmm. or uh, are we? educating them in news yeah. that they might not have thought about, right? It's what we'll call it like we're a pseudo newsbreaker maybe. I don't know. But it's something like that. Give people a little bit of light entertainment. We do not shy away from actual hard topics. We have a laugh. We talk about some interesting stuff and just, um, is it grow the game? Probably not. Mm, but is no. it? Is it grows? Is it growing people's appreciation and love for the game? That they might already. There, we're probably appealing to a, to the hardcore audience, and they're just going to introduce their friends to it and go, "You got to listen to these guys because they're a bit of a hoot." Um, Rocket's bloody awesome. He, he's staying with the with the with the with the team. You know, he's not going to a rival league, um, but. They touch on serious topics, but they also, it's lighthearted and it's just a, a good, easy listen for 45 minutes or an hour if you're on a ride on lawnmower mowing your lawn. <laughs> do you still do that? No. No, right. Um, you've got someone up there in Queensland that does it for you now. Now that is. No, I've just got less space. Oh, right. Um, no, but I guess my point was 
I don't think we're growing the game by this. This isn't the that wasn't. Yeah, you know, I think the only thing that I could lay claim to growing the game is when when a fella comes into my golf clubs to get a set of clubs who's a new golfer. That, oh, that's not growing the game. Um, you know, I just help facilitate him into a set of clubs. But you know, when his partner, girlfriend, boyfriend, otherwise, um, who's never played golf, has very little interest, and she walks out with a, you know, he she walks out with a seven iron and says, I say, look, take that, take that to the driving range rather than sitting down because, you know, she's com- had a conversation around an interest in golf, and they come back in a couple of weeks later and say, thanks, uh, that was the best thing that could have ever happened because now I've got two of us playing golf, not one of us. I think that's sort of, for me, the only thing that I can sort of parlay into putting a shackle over growing the game. But yeah, it I, is. I, I guess I guess the, the thing that always comes up is, you know, it just gets the term gets bashed. It just gets bashed by, you know, the journos that, that talk about it and they just bash when they hear it and they, don't, I don't, they just distance themselves from the term. And I just, as we opened up, I just but, had this level of confusion around what actually growing the game actually means. Well, the thing, the reason it gets bashed is because we have elite professionals that do things and do th- and make decisions under the guise that they are growing the game, which is complete BS. You know, oh, I'm playing in Saudi because they're doing some wonderful things for golf and I'm trying to grow the game in the middle of the desert. That is that is. Is, that is literal, just absolute A-grade, rolled gold BS. That's not growing the game. That's like growing your wallet. It's growing your wallet. Let's, let, I'm kind of t- I think the journos and a lot of those, we'll call it the new golf media and the guys that have pivoted into the new golf media, they don't have time for the professionals that try and give you a little bit of smoke and mirrors and give you the BS lines, it's like, come on, you're not growing the game, you're growing your wallet. Real growing the game, and I made reference to it last week at Riviera when you got Cameron Champ, Tony Finau, spending a copious amount of hours with 30 to 40 juniors in in LA on a driving range till dark. That's actually trying to grow the game. Mm. Like that, that it's it's your, your actions and what you do is growing the game. Like taking money to go play an event, it's not really growing the game. It's it's not. Okay. Well, that clears that up. Uh, back to your uh, background. You've got the uh, – you've got you've someone who, you, you know, in, in previous times, much like Phil, you know, and he's going to dominate a little bit of this conversation uh, in today's podcast, but much like Phil, you know, you've actually spent a fair bit of time adoring – uh, you've got the shark in the background behind you. Mm-hmm. But a fair, fair bit of time, you know, giving him a lot of credit for various things in the in the golf. He's world. he's the he's the reason I play golf. But you know, you, you picture there is fairly pointed. You know, it's one of his moments where he's fallen over and he's you know driving his butt of his putter into his chest in submission or whatever it was. I I actually think to the right is uh, Phil's footsteps. Right. I reckon he speared the shark in this one. Well. Phil, um, let's before we talk about Phil, uh, let's let's welcome uh, the, the 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 admin, the, the now the newly appointed, un, un, unknowingly uh, appointed as competition admins manager. Um, we will be giving away a great product uh, in this. Uh, I've still got Rockers music on there. We go. Um, we will we'll be giving away a great product, um, courtesy of my win at the long drive. Uh, did I mention I won a long drive, boys? Heard. Oh, okay. I think I heard. Yeah. Mm. Um, you can actually see me tell the world on the latest uh, Drum and Golf YouTube clip about the Wilson Triad golf ball where I did make reference to my long drive win. Might have even been Wilson's uh, Triad's first ever long drive win, maybe in the history of Wilson golf balls, I don't know, but uh, I did call myself out. I was making a point about the straight flight technology. That's what helped me drive the ball to win this uh, beautiful Callaway driver that I've got here. Uh, it was a sponsored uh, sponsored. That's not a word. Um, sponsored by Callaway. So Callaway provided the driver. I was very, very impressed when I rocked up to uh, Golf Australia's headquarters last week to collect the prize. Uh, it had been um, left in the corner of the little pro shop there at Sandy Links, part of the uh, the Golf Australia, Golf uh, PGA uh, headquarters there. Beautiful new building. Uh, got a great driving range with Top Tracer and part of that whole facility there. Uh, and, uh, yeah, the Callaway driver was there waiting for us. I uh, took a picture and uh, we'll give that away. Um, neither of us need a uh, new driver. Maybe Rocket does, but I've, I've, I do have a driver for you, Rocket. 
I do have a driver for you. Just the COVID and couriers, you know, I, I think the couriers are still running to Queensland. They're allowed back in. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, we'll give that away. But, uh, Mike, uh, I've got to officially welcome you to the podcast. Now, that's going to sound a bit stupid for people, but, you know, Mike has invested, as we all have, in some technology uh, called microphones. Um, they're a pretty common thing these days in the world of podcasting. Most podcasters uh, tend to use them. Um, I don't know who invented the microphone, uh, but they've evolved over the journey. Um, you can get ones that plug into power, you can get ones that plug into recorders, or even ones that plug into computers. Mike's had one that plugs into a computer for about 12 months now, um, but he didn't have it turned on. So, no, no, that it might not have been 12 months, but it's definitely this week, and I definitely while I was away. I don't know whether it was before that, but I definitely spent an hour today trying to figure out why resetting up everything at home i couldn't get sound until you said have you turned it on and i'm like yeah the light's on but no it wasn't on you're right <laughs> i don't think you've had it turned on but anyway welcome back to the podcast <laughs> how are you good thanks rested up i've had uh three days off golf. four days no yeah four days off golf so body's getting back to normal back to work back to work back to normal okay yeah um how many holes was it in the end? Um, I don't really know. I didn't count it up, but it wouldn't have been far away from being close to 300, I think, over nearly two weeks. Uh, just on the, you know, we like to do a little bit of course uh, reviewage. Um, you missed the one course that I played at today, and I hadn't played there since 2004. First ever game of Mornington Peninsula District Pennant was at this particular course. Uh, either of you two guys have a guess at what it was, what course I played at today? You didn't play it. That's the Rosebud North. Uh, Bayviews. Bayviews Golf oh, no. Club. Yeah, it used to be called, I think it was called, Cent, uh, might have been like a centenary or something, but anyway, it's called Bayviews Golf Club now. It's on the side of the hill at the top of uh, Rosebud there, overlooking the bay, hence yep. the name Bayviews. Uh, great little public track, 40 bucks. 40 bucks on a Wednesday with a cart. And uh, it's a dinky little course up there on the side of the hill. A few little slopey par fours, fives, and for me, the signature um, holes are the par threes. They're really good par threes there. But um, yeah, had a great round there with a couple of the boys from Melbourne City. Andrew Naboo, uh, gun striker, Socceroo, uh, Melbourne City strike force, and uh, Josh Bondon. Now, Josh Bondon is an unsung hero of the Melbourne City outfit. He's the, the main man uh, that keeps the kit in order. Um, and with that, people like Josh Bond and you know, people, teams like Melbourne City Professional Outfits um, don't do what they do. So Josh and uh, Andrew, thanks for the round today. Uh, both um, good fun guys to play 18 holes with, but uh, get down to Bay Views. It was good. Um, you didn't play that one, did you, Mike? No, I didn't. I did think about it, um, mm. but no, I didn't get there. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of golf, uh, there's some golf uh, in the next couple of weeks planned for you again, I believe. And I would bring the band back together. This is like the band. Which band. Which, 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 um, which band? Because I believe we got two bands, and okay, I'm not sure. I'm not sure which golf day you're talking about. Well, the the Molica band, you know, the the, yep. the, 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 the boss. He's like the boss. He is. Um, what's the other band? What's the other gig? So you got the rollbacks. Oh, yeah, the rollbacks. There, there, there's a, there's a, <laughs> there, there might be a possible trip. Coming up. Oh, right. Yeah. That, well, is that, a, is, can we announce that? Well, that's what I thought you were doing. Yeah. No, I think that, that's the other band. Yeah. That's the, the March band. Um, we're talking in circles here. Yeah. yeah. We, 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 we're debating. So instead about of dire straits, it's bass straits. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Thank you. Could be, could be heading back over to um, the rolling, the rolling dunes of Van Bugle. Look, sorry. Sorry for that. Uh, people um <laughs> hey at well, least i was clear yeah what's <laughs> what's really happening is is chris day who is a fan um maybe he's a friend of the podcast um chris day is from uh phoenix yeah he's in yeah. phoenix arizona phoenix arizona i've uh, been listening to the podcast for a long time uh is an international member at uh, you can see it on my hat there at peninsula kingswood uh yeah. chris i think chris might have had like the third booking uh, when the borders opened up for people to come back into Australia. He might have been third or fourth in line, um, just sitting there pressing the button for American <laughs> Airlines. Da, 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 book, book, Pretty book. much. Um, so he's already booked to come back down. He'll be back down here next week. Uh, he's got a round of PK. And um, 
And uh, I think we might uh, be joining Mr. Mollica um, for one of um, around at one of his courses. So that that would be fantastic. But yeah, mm. the, I'm excited by the news of returning a year later um, to rediscover the dunes of Barnboogle. I can't wait. That's true. Yeah, that'd be good. He's, oh, he's a machine. Uh, how do we go? Well. <laughs> I know how I went. I'm not sure how you two guys went, but I don't think the standings have changed in last week's tipping. Oh, my God. Rocket didn't have a very lucky week, did you, Rocket? Oh, I'm having a shocker. Oh, Fitzmagic got COVID. Yes. And there's no... And the notification I got was like at some stupid hour, so I've no time to, to yep. put in a replacement. Yeah. I'll, I'll send you a person to follow... Um, the PGA Tour announcer who I have him on Twitter. So whenever he, whenever someone's out, I know straight away. I'll, I'll send you the link. Can uh, you... No, the winner last week was I don't know who it is, but Chi Chi, Chi Chi Rodriguez. So he, uh, he, he or she uh, picked Joaquin Neiman. So got the full shebang. Got the whole two point one million in the kick last week in points. Shot them up to the first overall. So sitting now at two point six seven million dollars. Uh, nomadic golfer being pegged down into second, two point, just under two point one. Old salty two point one, and I'm repping the old salty shirt today. Uh, Shermanator four and James G, who's a who's a uh, GMGA member, has shot up to uh, fifth. I think he joined late too, so it's not too late. Yeah, that's the top five. It is not too late. Um, nope. Uh, no, well, how are you, we go, how are we going? How, out of the three of us, on I don't know. I just put the well, tips in, and I'm not, I'm not sure where. Well, Ross, you're 14th overall, 1.25 mm-hmm. mil. Uh, Rocket is sitting 26th, 800k. I'm 36th with 480k. Um, and just as a call out to, I think this is. I don't know who the, I think I know who this person is, but I don't know that he listens. Someone I know, he's 40. 43k and second last is bogeys to birdies. Young Phil down at St Andrews Beach. He's sitting on uh, 99k, but there's still a few people sitting on sitting on zero dollars. Yeah, which is a solid effort. Ed Hodge in London. Uh, he texted me during the week saying, "I don't know what I have to do to get off uh, fifth bottom." <laughs> uh, but I think he's I think he's going to like the PGA Tour um, website. Yeah, Mike, you would know. Like the hot yep. picks is like a trending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yep. fo- he's following those and like it's just de- delivering donuts for uh, young, yeah. ho- young Hodgie. Yeah, um, uh, they uh, they have their um, they put out their sheet every week of the the top ten players to that are hot here. So yeah, not not always necessarily the best lean, but I think the way you've done it, Ross, has been a, a, a good way to do it. Horses for courses, people that have played well there, and Rocket for you last week. Was it two weeks ago when you picked Adam Scott? No, it was you. You picked Adam Scott last week, Ross. Mm, yeah. That's kind of touch wood. Most of the time, you can't go wrong with that. Uh, speaking of uh, Adam Scott, um, a lot of a lot of talk around Adam Scott on a number of fronts. Uh, still, the Saudi thing continues to pop up in the Adam Scott reference, but uh, you know your friends at Knowing Up uh, certainly were all over Adam with his choice of dress. Yeah. Uh, the brown, the bone, the off-white, the ivory, the beige. And he was still wearing it on Monday. Yeah. Well, he went to... Uh, he, he oh, was actually, Tuesday, Tuesday as Tuesday. well. <laughs> got six straight, six straight days. It's been followed. I've, I've got another... So I saw the one this morning. I'm waiting for another one. He's still, still wearing it. Uh, um, but credit to where credit's due for Adam, he was the host of uh, a junior golf, uh, the Adam Scott Junior Golf Foundation tournament in... I forget where it was, in California... Uh, Golf Australia sent two young juniors across there to play in that. Jeffrey Gorn, who is a member at the Australian, uh, he is an absolute jet of a golfer. Uh, what's Jeffrey? He didn't make the cut at uh, 13th Beach, but what's Jeffrey uh, warm up down there? And wowee, what an exciting talent for a young, I think he's maybe 16. Uh, well, he didn't shoot out of the 60s, I believe, um, street of the field by about eight shots. So he won Adam's event over there. And Justice Basizo. Uh, in the girls' uh, section, finished second. Uh, they were chaperoned over there by Stephanie Nah, um, my love of golf uh, tournament winner, um, Stephanie Nah, and also um, Richard uh, Woodhouse from uh, coaches up there at KDV in Queensland alongside Jamie. Uh, so they chaperoned the guys over there, and uh, I think, um, what else did they do that touched my love of golf? They were at Chevy Chase Club. 
So they were at Stephen Britton's Chevy Chase Club with uh, yep. your boy Colin uh, this week after the tournament. Um, so they were just out there doing some PGA uh, media. Um, Stephanie's partner is works for the PGA Tour in the media department, so they were obviously there. And uh, Jeffrey got to meet uh, Colin Morikawa while they were doing some stuff at Chevy Chase Club. And, cool. uh, yeah, I think they're off to maybe do some tailor-made stuff tomorrow. So exciting times for the young Aussies and uh, well done to Stephanie Nah, who we know personally, and uh, Richard Woodhouse up there in Queensland for taking and being involved in junior golf because we know how important that is to the future of the game. And if that might be part of growing the game, uh, if they've got a little part to claim in that, well, well done. Um, so good on you, Adam Scott. But, yeah, Adam Scott. Is he sad? Is he a, is he a Saudi contender or not? Is he is he has he made a statement along with Rocket, DJ, Bryson, Phil? No, he hasn't because he hasn't been hiding from anything. He didn't really say he'd spoken or kind of kind of alluded that he couldn't really speak because I think he was yeah. sort of like under like an NDA, and he just said it would suit my lifestyle. Hmm. Yeah, you're right. He said. Had they said, have you spoken to him? He said, yep, but we're signed whatever it is, so we can't talk about it. Mm. Um, and it does suit his lifestyle. As people have asked me a lot about it in the last couple of weeks, but someone gives you an exorbitant amount of money, you can probably move back to Europe full-time, live the life he wants to live and play 10 tournaments here. Yeah, if you, and here's the thing is it because if, if, you, if you think about it, you, you play on that tour, it's the, it'd be the Asian tour, so you'd have co-sanctioned events, so then all of a sudden there's world ranking points with it. And if you play well enough on that one, you could probably maintain your top 60-odd status in the world, so that means you're in the majors. You, you play the majors, then some of the WGCs, and then so you call it the six or seven big events that you would play, and then you got maybe 10 or 12 ones for just an arse load of cash. 15, 16 events for the year and mm. why not? Yeah. It's 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 actually what the shark tried to do many, many eons ago. And, and that's that's probably the one thing that I talked to Mate about today is that he was, uh, you know, what do you think about Phil and what do you think about that? And, you know, like, so I've never been a Phil fan, neither either, either way. So I'd never liked him, never disliked him, just... He's just another golfer to me. I've never had any affinity towards him. So him doing what he's been doing the last few weeks has been whatever. I probably find it more disappointing, I'll say, seeing someone like Adam Scott going down this path. I understand it. I don't agree with it. Um, I think for someone that's like me, I started playing when I was around 20. He's probably the golfer that has been there as the Australian beacon of golf the whole way through, the same way shark his view rocket and so that's the part i probably find a bit disappointing about it all i just don't i understand it i don't don't necessarily think it's all going to go away um there's a lot of players that still haven't said either way it just won't be the ones we thought that will be spearheading it it's probably going to be more like adam scott jason kokrak Walter, lee westwood i think as i said to Paul casey tweeted the other day it's going to be kind of like a European seniors tour and Jason Kokrak playing for a truckload of cash. It yep. has this got the potential of just dying, going away, and this just the live, just going. Sorry, guys, let's not worry about it. With that, no, what's happening? They have billions and billions of dollars. They have a wanton need to sport wash what they're doing, mm. and this is just a blip on the radar. So the thing is that if it's, it's when you are, if you're the PGA Tour, you're playing a finite game. You're trying to stamp out a rival kind of league. Saudi Arabia, under the guise of live, are playing an infinite game. There, you know, this the the there is no end game to this. They're, mm. they're playing to make a dent and sport wash their atrocities and whatever. So there is no end game for them. So you've got two opposing forces as playing two different sets of rules, and the finite player will not will not outlast the infinite player. The um the saddest part about it all is the theory of a world tour is awesome, and 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 I think 
I look at it from a different lens. And then we talked about now laying up before and other people and commentators on the issues. And they look at it from a dis- different lens to me because that they are in America. There's 50 tournaments a year in America. They have no issue in finding at some point being able to go and watch Tiger Woods or all these guys. Whereas in my lifetime, Tiger's been in front of me playing golf seven times. Um, I, I joked today talking to my mate about it saying, I remember a time when the question was, does Phil Mickelson even have a passport? Because he would never leave the US outside of the trip for the US Open, uh, the British, the Open Championship, nearly did it. Hmm. Um, and that was it. And so how good would it be if somehow the, the PGA Tour could become more than that and have a 15 tournament season and there's three in the UK and there's four in the US and there's one in Australia and there's a couple in Japan and Korea and South Africa and a proper world tour and you had it so that, yeah, you're not going to get the best players every week, but just imagine you had the, you know, 75% of the top 50 players in the world playing each time in each one of those tournaments and there was enough coin to make it happen and it wasn't from Saudi Arabia, that would be the greatest thing in the world. I made a proper world golf championships all around the world. That'd be amazing. It's not going to happen. Yeah, they had the opportunity to do that two decades ago. Yep. You know, they kind of took the concept of the World Golf Tour that Shark sort of proposed. Yep. And they kind of started doing it. Like, remember we had WGC out here at Kingston Heath. Was it Kingston Heath or Metro? Metro. Metro. 99. Yeah. It's 99 or something like that. So they started doing it. And then, then they just progress to move everything to the US and make it yeah. US centric and then you know we don't the telecasts don't change there's all these things that <clears throat> over time it's just this slow creep and just eroding away what makes the game either exciting or, or actually truly growing the game yeah and there's wasted opportunity so so the PGA Tour have no one to blame but themselves because they allowed this to occur happen because they've created this 52 week um basically slog fest yeah and when they could have they had the they had the power to create like that world tour or even if it was a, a a i don't know come up with some concept but to your point like here's your primary us season but yeah but you know, the start of the year is, is stuff in Europe. Yeah. They might have some stuff in the middle of the year sort of lined up around the US Open, upper, the Open Championship, like what they're doing now with the Scottish. Exactly. But then the tail end of the year, instead of having this BS Fall Series, why not come out into Asia, play play one in Japan? Yep. Like, like <laughs> you've got one of the craziest golf-mad countries on the planet. Why not play for Bitcoin in Japan. And and if you want to make it worth their while, play two there. Yep. And then maybe bring two into Australia. No offense to all the other regions and stuff. No, no, but, exactly. But and it's that, like do that and bring two okay. play one at Royal Melbourne, play another one at pick course. Yep. I know Royal Royal Adelaide, Royal Queensland, Royal yep. Sydney, whatever. And you bring those two events and then then you've got a different time zone, and you're 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 bringing. It's it's attractive then to the overseas people, like the US people, because they're like, yep. oh shit, they're playing in Japan. Yeah, and it's actually not too crazy a time zone for them to watch. No, and what you said is perfect. You know, we got the, they got they play the Zozo in Japan, and they play a couple in Korea, right? Oh yeah, the CJ Cup, that, and that's it. Now, you could easily extend that out to play in Australia. And, yep, I know the guys aren't going to be away from home for a month and play in all of them, but they might want to mix it up. But like Hmm. you said, our time zone, where we are, with some of the best courses in the world, is bang on in line with where Hong Kong, Japan, Korea, China can sit down and watch golf and actually get involved in it. You know, see, even, even, um, you know, I have my issues even with Golf Australia, right? They should have been banging on the front door of PGA Tour years ago to try and make the Australian Open and a couple of other events yep. like co-sanctioned events. Like imagine if Australian Open became like 
a, a pseudo WGC Absolutely. and you think about the people that are on that trophy, you could actually, there's some actually legit history in there that could actually um, make that se- a serious, serious event. Right, and and then even even Jack Nicholas won. Jack Nicholas won the Aussie Open six times. Yeah, Yeah, Gary plays seven, I think. (laughs) Like it's crazy, right? And then then they potentially could have, even though it didn't have as long a history, something like the Australian Masters just had this. Yeah, I know. For me, as a kid growing up, the Australian Masters had this kind of beautiful like aura around it. Yeah. So those two events, you could have had just elite crowds because again. A lot of elite players came and they've got their name on that trophy, like the Masters. Yeah. You got Bernard Langer. Um, uh, uh, did Seve win? Don't think so. I think Tom Watson's won it. Um, obviously, the Sharks won it a heap. I think Fado won it maybe one year. Um, yeah. So there's no there's no chumps that are on those on those trophies. So the possibility of it's there. It's an option. It, they could have done it. Yeah. They could have done it twenty years ago. And made the game, it would have, it, and it would have allowed certain players to go. Do you know what? I want a bit of a break or an off season. But they've, yeah. they've, they've, they've yeah. unfortunately, you know, the PGA Tour, like Peter Costello and John John Howard, have ridden a gravy train, which is Tiger Woods. For, you know, for 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 John Howard and Peter Costello, it was the mining boom and property boom, and they've wasted it. They've wasted twenty years of Tiger. Because they just were singular focused, and they just stayed in their own little bubble, and just they've they've oh, the tour could probably could the tour could probably have been three times bigger than what it is if they actually thought outside of yeah their own little bubble the states. And there's too much money for them in there to not go yeah. to Texas seven times, right? I get yeah. that, but if you want to talk about growing the game and being the biggest thing on planet Earth, but it comes down to TV rights. Yeah. Well, that's the thing they forget about. If they, you think if they tap into TV, if all of a sudden you get great events in different venues and it's it's like gets eyeballs and it rates it rates its butt off, like you think about if you did two massive events in Japan, like the just the the dollar value of that one from a TV rights perspective would be through the roof. Mm. So you pick and choose what you're doing and you try and you you got narrow focus on events. So then the money, which is the sponsorship, because then if you've got lots of eyeballs, that means you can ask a higher price. You, you just con- you just continue to increase the value of it. You just quality yep. of the fields, quality of the courses, quality of the play, quality of the TV. So you can start to then maybe do things differently on some of those ones, invest a little bit more in terms of how you broadcast it. So that means the quality continues to go up. That means you, you continue to drive everything further and further up. So it doesn't matter that you've got this, yes, big captive audience of, yes, you've got this big audience potentially in Texas, but it doesn't matter because all of a sudden, like the whole world's watching Japan for two weeks and we've got the best fields playing some of their most amazing courses. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. This whole part of uh, amazing courses uh, fitting somewhere into golf that we want to watch just doesn't doesn't seem to fit in still. And, uh, you know, Bomber Gouge golf takes over and, you know, I don't, I don't know where we get it wrong because, you know, three of us were a small sample of, you know, the people that we know, and I think the people that we know all agree that you'd much rather watch golf on amazing golf courses. Absolutely. I've got no problem if someone shoots 30 under if, if if it's great golf on a course that they've hit a lot of great shots for that. Yeah. And they're and, working the ball around. And it doesn't just need to be architecture, right? So we all agree, of course, that Royal Melbourne is an, ex- is an exceptional elite course, and watching people play that course is the best, right? But I'm also not against Tory Pines. People don't love Tory Pines. I don't dislike it. I understand the the unbelievable views and everything else. Cool. But no issue with those things being on the rotation. But there's also seven courses that they would I could literally throw in a pile and pull out and you wouldn't be able to tell the difference between them and there's no over and above scenery and the fields are only so so. Yeah. You could easily carve it all up, but it's mm. too, too much like you said, Rocket, too much money in TV and too much money in sponsorship from the major sponsor for that week to not do it because they're not going to sponsor something to come to Australia. No. Um, good points. We've sort of glazed over the genesis. Uh, yeah, we mentioned that jo- Joaquin Neiman won and a wire-to-wire win, which was great. Uh, what else were the other standouts of the, the genesis for you guys? 
Um, Riv was hard and fast. Tiger wanted it to be, you know, hard and fast, which was great. It got harder and, and faster. And it was, and, and again, we've just, we, we yeah. call it back over the comment. Yeah. Great course. Mm. The conditions. So the beauty is Tiger having control of that. Goes, do you know what? I want this course playing nice and firm and fast because I want to see golf played a certain way. Yep. And and if you go go back to the leaderboard, the people that can move the golf ball around, they are near the top again. Yeah, our ball striker central. So Cole Malakara, uh, second. Cam Young had a great week. Guy straight off the corn ferry tour hits it a mile. Yep. Adam Scott, another ball striker, big Vic, did really well. I was a little bit surprised because he is a little bit sketchy with the uh, the chipping, but he did quite well. Justin Thomas, Mav McNeely, Scotty Scheffler, like big names towards the top. It's um, the cream rise, rose, but yeah, Joaquin Neiman, wowee. Like there was, if you're watching it as a horse race, the glasses were down very early. Yeah. It was over. I would get messages from a lot of guys that bet on golf and I had a message on Sunday night Sunday night our time and he's like okay so who can I bet on that, that might be able to catch him if he has a bad day and I'm like it's not happening like he ha- he's going to shoot even par ballpark he needs to shoot three over to even open the door well he had a bad day and still one by two yeah and, and effectively shot even if he shot the three over it would have been in the mix but from what he was doing it was no way he was shooting three over. Like it was just not happening. Um, it was, it was, well, I won't say it was boring because it was never really, really up for grabs, even with Cole holding out for Eagle. Um, yeah. It would have been interesting if, if he didn't have such a, yep. but, but in general, if you, if you go back and look at the, but the thing, the thing is what, as well, if you, you know, you look at the scores, there's, um, the other thing as well that happens with some of these courses when you get it like that, there's separation in the field. Mm-hmm. You know, so what is it, 10th? 10th is nine shots back. Yeah. Well, um, that's a lot. Max Homer has done an interview that they were launched tonight and he said it was, I played pretty well for a guy who finished 10th, uh, nine shots behind <laughs> the guy who won. Yeah, <laughs> normally if you, finish, well if, you finish, if you finish 10th in a normal PGA Tour event, you're like, Three or four three shots. shots. <laughs> yeah, that's uh. But yeah, to be I mean, nine when you, right. when you when you open up sixty three sixty three. If he, if he had it got rolled, he would have been pretty disappointed. Yeah, you know, Adam Scott finishes tied for fourth, and he's five back. Hmm. Geez, Scotty, with that putter, I I I know we've talked a little bit about Adam Scott today and his his wardrobe, but that long putter, longer putter, and leaving that flag stick in, I. I Costing, I feel costing nervous. Sh- costing him shots? <laughs> I feel nervous over the putts, let alone how he feels. I just don't get it. It's just nothing natural about it. Nothing. It's terrible. He's, he's so in his head. He's so in his own head on, with the putter. But he strokes gain putty. He's actually <clears> good. <throat> he's probably top yeah. twenty, right? Yeah. But he misses. He misses more shot. Put- I don't have the numbers. Right? I'm just short going ones. off view. Anything under, four, anything under four feet is terrible. And He's I'm got- not Adam Scott. I'm not remote. I'm not, we don't even have. I don't even have a. No, I won't even make a joke about it. I got in the habit, at, even when we have post um, here in Melbourne, being able to leave, having to leave the flag stick in. Now on any putt inside of three feet, I have to have the flag out because I found that I started putting towards the gap between the stick and the yeah. edge of the hole, and I was missing some. So now it's like, no, it has to come out. But he goes the opposite way. It's almost like, no, I'm going to aim for the middle of the stick and that's my target. I, I, I just feel so awkward. Yeah, it, uh, I don't think it works. I, no. I agree. You know, like anything that draws your eye to the centre of the hole takes your uh, and has the potential to take your eye off the entry point. Yeah. Um, yeah, and that's according to the Brad's, Brad Kennedy School of uh, Masterclass Putting uh, at 13th Beach post uh, Pro-Am. Yeah. Um, so I, yeah, taken the flag in. I've tried it for a number of months and it just got to the point where it just, I was distracted. Too much going on, too much visual stimulation. Yep. Just need to focus on where the ball was going to drop into the hole because, you know, yep. very rarely a straight putt. Anyway, um, so we've covered that, but what's happened since then is probably, you know, is the topic sort of got 
the whole golf world, every journalist, every podcast, every Twitterer um, talking. Uh, and that's the absolute pacing that Phil has got since then from all corners, but most notably Rory, the young whippersnapper, just giving it to the big the, the big senior statesman of the tour um, with a double one-two and an uppercut to finish him off. And then today we see Phil come out with this um, two-page long statement, which I don't know if you've read it or not, but he's sort of like... I've read it. Oh, I've read it. <laughs> yeah, of course you've read it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that was dumb. I'm going to cede all of my time to Rocket on this. Yeah. But what, yeah, what do you think about Rory's words, uh, Rocket? Um, well, the tour, the tour should, you know, they've anointed, you know, I've said he's the prince. Yes. He's the prince of Pontevedra. He is the chosen one. He is Anakin McElroy, and he proved it in that. Um, and got to give him credit. He calls it as it is. I I know he does not like the shark like one iota. Like he does not like him at all. And I think Mickelson is in that boat. And I saw another message today, which was an unnamed player, where he made the comment of what everyone is seeing is what we players have known of Phil for the last 15 years. Mm. Um, so if you... This all comes about, so we've got to almost like wind the clock back. And it was kind of start of last week before the Genesis and it sort of was really starting to bubble. And Mickelson was just really chirping away. And that's where he started with the greed comment. And Alan Shipnuck was obviously talking about his book, which he was... um which is coming out in about May, which is, you know, we'll call it a biography on a biography on Phil Mickelson. And I'm thinking this looks really, really good. And then the whole Saudi thing <clears throat> was coming up. So I've listened to his podcast with uh, Matt Janella on Fire Pit. And he said, this is basically this bit of content was combustible. It had a life, shelf life on it. And it's in my book. He said, so it was pertinent for me to bring that out with every in light of everything that was happening. So he posted out like basically what the phone conversation was with him and Phil. And it was, you know, it was on the record because at no stage did anything be off the record. And, and Alan being Alan and the stand-up sort of journalist he is, he would have done all the normal things and going, you just tell me if you want something off the record, you just give me the... Tell me what's on and off. And Phil just brain dumped. And then so when he put that out, that's when, that is when basically the 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 pits of Mordor just exploded. What's the pits and of Mordor? It's, a, it's um, Lord of the Rings. Okay. <laughs> um, it's absolutely just blown up. It is the whole world is blown up because what you see was the duplicitous, duplicitous nature of Mickelson, the man who thinks he's playing 4D chess, but really he's just playing tiddlywinks. And it, it, it lit it, and, and the people, and even people that were fans of his, like even someone like JT, JT and Phil are like homies, right? And JT, like, give him a serve. And from there, the whole Saudi thing just unraveled. In terms of the, the, the momentum and what was happening and the narrative that was going, it, it, it's, it, it was like this train was going and you think, oh, my God, like, they're going to sign a heap. And then with Phil coming out with that, and you think he's obviously, you know, if you go back to the the – the letter that he wrote, the the apology that wasn't an apology. It, he, at no stage did he say that he was effectively apologising to the Saudis mm. about his comments. Um, and if you're having that dude in your ear trying to sell you on how good this is and how it's good for the game and all this sort of stuff, 
and you see his comments of he's just they're bad but i'm doing this to try and get leverage and get what i want and it's effectively it's like let's fill fill mickelson's pockets you're like hang on i'm about to go and torch my reputation for this they're probably thinking this prick so all of a sudden you got the dj one comes out then you got the bryson one that comes out and then it's like rory and everyone they're just everyone's just popping him from left right and center over and over again and and there were lots of real funny jokes like i posted so many of these shark ones from the when, when he the chip in lipped out on the 15th in the final round of the 96 masters and he must he must feel he must feel so betrayed and so yes we talked about it will probably never go away but like it just it just blew up and it's still blown up and his reputation oh it's it's Oh no, it's worse than tatters. Yeah. He's lost KPM, KPMG and, he and Workday mutually agreed to part ways. So that's his two biggest sponsors. Yeah, um, and Workday. Not a not doing it for Workday anymore. Yeah, and it's 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 a yeah. We've heard many many times lots of things about the Tiger and Phil. Right, Tiger's one of the boys, and the boys like him and Phil's. Even though the fans see him as being popular, he's not one of the guys, right? And a lot of it is a lot of it's all about Phil, and this just proves it even even more. And um, and the unfortunate thing is that he's so talented. Oh, I'm such a massive fan of him as a golfer, and. It really hurts to see he he's just he's a narcissist slash a sociopath because there's no like you go back I watched a really good video which I think I tagged you tagged you both in the um Ewan Ewan Murray the one from at the US Open when he talked about the whole part you know what he did there, call it a brain fade, or it's just, it was just. It was nah, that wasn't a brain fade. That was just Phil thinking he's bigger than the game. Yeah. So he kind of put it in the brain fade, but really it's mm. just disrespectful. Yeah. And showed, and the word, you know, it was a really good word. He said he shows no contrition. And, and if you think about all the th- times he's done something that's stupid, he really doesn't. He's not apologetic in any way, shape, or form. So he shows no, he shows no empathy for the toll that he's probably placed friends and family and people that are in his circle. I I don't think he's thinking about other people when it comes to his actions and the ramifications of that. And I, yeah. I still think, you know, as I said the other week, the him winning the PGA probably just enamored him to just ampl- just turn it up to you know, there's 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 nine on the field dial and he's turned it up to twelve and it's it's come crashing down. And 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 you know, Alan Shitnuck talked about it, he said he probably thinks that Phil probably looks at all news cycles and thinks that, you know, it's gonna the lead, the pages are going to turn over and everyone's going to forget about this in, in six to 12 months um, again. And the, the problem is that he does all these, you know, there's so many things that he does really well. And it's like, he's just, he just cashed in all credits. It's just, yeah, you really, his human, uh, humans are weird people, aren't they? His statement today, I think, he had to say something, but still, when you read it, he's he's trying he's trying to salvage he's trying to salvage his sponsorship deals. Yeah. That's effectively what it is. He's trying to appease Saudi Arabia. He never mentioned PGA Tour. He didn't really apologise for anything he did. He's claiming that he's under a lot of pressure for the last ten years. You know, then right at the end of it, starts talking about you know 
I go out there and I sign all my autographs and I hang out with all the volunteers and all this other stuff. It's like, mate, it means nothing. If yeah. you know you saying that, it doesn't mean anything because your actions and your words elsewhere means that that's just lip service. You're doing that to get some get some popularity credits in the bank that you can burn later down the track. You're not actually doing it for the right reason. Well, I don't think that those two pages of that statement, you know, did any level of salvage for him. Um, it didn't do him any good because no. everyone saw through it. All the same people saw through it. They're going, this is bogus. Yeah. Like he, 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 the, he starts off with, you know, he was betrayed because of an off-record conversation with Alan Shipnark. Like, come on, man. You're going after the wrong person. Yeah. Everyone knows who Alan Shipnark is. He's probably one of the most standout stand-up journalist on the planet. If if something's off the record, it's off the record. Like, he's he's not one of those salacious guys. He reports what it is. He does really hard, good journalistic work. And to try and muddy his name like that, like, I think that was actually more... That, that set off... Yeah. That set the tone for everyone's response to that going, hang on, you've gone after the wrong person. You have not taken any responsibility or accountability for your actions and to and to basically put the blame at this journalist who's doing does great work and is a stand-up person. It's on you, Phil, for not saying this is off the record. It's on you, mate. Well, you know, we've talked about what's come out today. Phil has just provided the uh, golf Twitter, Instagram, uh, podcast and journals, journalistic world with a whole heap of uh, fodder this week uh, and hopefully we've given our take. Mike, have you got anything else on that? Any other takes? No. I'll be interested to see what happens in the next month because the, the story was that any announcement would come out in at the players, which was the, the, the PGA's event, which is two weeks away. So I'll be very interested to see what happens. Mm. I still reckon there's going to be some sort of announcements. They're just going to push ahead and it, we'll call it, it won't be the big bang. It'll be, call it a soft launch and they're going to continue working away and working people over. They'll find someone. They'll find them because they, they've, they, they, at some point, if they get the money, the, there's so much money and they throw that into the Asia tour with world ranking points and all of a sudden a couple players that just play the Asian tour and they just start winning some stuff. Yeah. It's, um, to me, it's clear that it's, you know, like I said, suggested, is this the death of it? And it's clearly once you look into, no. and not that I've looked into it deeply, but you look at, this is not the only sport that the Saudi investment fund have poured money into. No. Yeah. You know, I was talking to Jamo today. Uh, G'day Jamo, if you're listening, Melbourne city captain. Um, yeah, and we were talking about Newcastle United in the Premier League. Yeah, um, owned yep. by owned by the same fund or that um, you know Aramco. Yeah, is funding all this the Saudi Investment Fund or whatever it's yep. called. Uh, you know, one of the biggest clubs in in the north of England, one of the biggest clubs in the league, and uh, you know, fairly influ- influential. So we're not there. Yeah, not see the for league. them for them buying something like New, Newcastle City, the money that that Ramco have, they probably found that in the I don't know down the down in the side door of one of their Ferraris or something. And, uh, yeah, anyway, um, let's keep going on. We've got a tournament this week, uh, the Honda Classic. Uh, Matt Jones, Aussie, Aussie Matt Jones, uh, is the defending champion. Uh, hard one for me to pick uh, as uh, in terms of the tipping, Mike. I'm sort of leaning into and looking to your knowledge, uh, the, the data lake. Dive into the data lake. To give me some guidance. The data lake's a lean data lake this week. It's very shallow. There's not oh, really? a lot of um, well, the, the data's there, but the the uh, the talent is not. Um, the biggest names that are playing this week are Sung Jaim, Daniel Berger, Neiman, who's trying to go back to back. Then you got Billy Horschel, Brooks Kepka, Usti, Tommy Boy, Fleetwood, Lowry, Matt Jones. That's not not quite the field we had last week, but we had nine of the top ten. How does Tommy? Um, how does Tommy shape up around here? What's his? Like Tommy he, Fleetwood. Yeah, he hasn't been going too well. No, no, no. Um, no. So especially get windy down there in the bear trap. He's mullet. Will just <laughs> so he's in his face. Like get him in here, the, he has to be over the ponytail. 
He's actually played okay here. So yeah, that, that, he's that, only been he's only been here twice. He's yeah. finished third and fourth. Yeah, that he, was two years out. ago and two years before that. His name jumped out to me, but uh, his know. form is nothing. It's nowhere. Um, and I can't give you any stats on him because he hasn't played enough tournaments this year. I've I've only plugged in this year's stats. Um, but his course history is fine. I watched Rick Shields beat him. That's why I've sort of gone off him a bit the other week. I watched that video where he played uh, Rick Shields at the JCB course in the in UK, and Rick Rick Shields beat him. Um, so I'm off him a bit, no. but uh, I might I might pick him. Uh, Herbie's playing. Uh, I think Herbie's, Herbie's playing. playing. I don't mind Herbie this week. It's a it, the course suits someone who um who's a bit of a longer hitter Yeah, a bit windy too. Yeah, and he's obviously been doing a little bit of work down that way, as we've seen from Jamie's and Herbie's Instagram stories. So, so, he, so just on that, primed. Jamie's Jamie's been there for seven weeks. So uh, with Herbie and uh, Rough, uh, but Rough by two, uh, a couple of other clients. So he's back. Jamie's back in in Queensland, and uh, I believe I think pretty much uh, maybe Herbie's coach is going across uh, pretty soon as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's what's happening over there. Um, Tim Ka- Kaima's plan. Yeah, Kaima. Yeah, mm. Yeah, so well, the biggest name that's well, I'll say the biggest name because he was a fortunate. For me, a couple of weeks ago was Nikolai Hoygaard, who's, play, who's playing his first start on the um, PGA Tour this week. And again, he's a bomber, so it might suit him. But he's a good can't, player. Those, can't have him. Those two, those two boys are good. The brothers, him yeah. and Rasmus. Oh yeah, my they're god! Freaks. But Nikolai hits the ball mm. out of sight. Yes, he does. Out of sight. Uh, so, okay, sorry. Are you going to announce your picks uh, now? Um, the Data Lake is saying. In order, Sung Jaim, Keith Mitchell, Mito Pereira, Neiman again, Hudson Swarford, Johnny Vegas, Hayden Buckley, Tringali, Usti Berger, Wolf Smotherman. 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 Yeah, Smotherman. That'll be the hitman going to Phil's house. That's it. Um, um, but I'm not going with um, my top number. I'm going with Killer Keith Mitchell this week. A bit of a ooh. shot from uh, shot from outside the rooms. <clears throat> Uh, Rocket Man, are you ready to announce your uh, pick? The Man of Steel, Brendan. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Superman. Yeah. <laughs> it barely hits it out of his shadow. That's it. But yeah, no, he well, he's finished. He's been a top tenner here for the last couple of years. Okay, can tell you. I should know. What about you, Ross? Who have we got? Yeah, I don't know. the people want to know. Uh, I'm going to go Rasmus. Uh, I'm not Rasmus. I'm uh, Nikolai. Nikolai Hoygaard. There you go. I I'm like gonna, it. I'm going, th- I'm going to throw, throw him a bone. Yeah. Well, the the odds opened up, and he was about thirty to one, and I nearly fell off my chair. But he's Jeez, out to, already. The, he's out to the right price of about a hundred. Is um, he? Yeah. Which is not the worst. Okay. We opened up with uh, that we were giving something away. Uh, we've we kept people on edge for fifty nine minutes now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we better tell them what the giveaway is. That's all part of yes. the strategy to keep you in, invested in, in the episode, you know. Um, That's it. So, what's the, the giveaway? Is a colorway driver? Uh, how do you how do you get points in the driver um, selection and the driver winning, not selection, um, in the winning, Mike? Okay, so this is the way it will work, people. Okay, and we're going to run it for one week or two weeks. I think two weeks. Two weeks. Okay. So for the next two weeks, obviously Ross will post on Instagram this um, this picture with us with our ugly mugs on there advertising that the story's out so sharing that onto your story or sharing that or reposting it and tagging my love of golf and myself so i can keep track of it at mike underscore caridi will give you a point if you retweet the uh and share on on twitter the same sort of thing again another point uh and on facebook do we have it on facebook as well uh, it is on Facebook, yes. Cool. So that'll be the first three. And then the last one that you can get an entry is by liking or and commenting on the um, YouTube video. Now you've got to subscribe because we picked up two subscribers. Correct. We need to get the subscribers up. So so any any of those things. So I'll, I'll go back and check at the end of two weeks, everyone that's commented and liked the, uh, the uh, video on YouTube. And you'll tag anyone who wants to tag me on a on a retweet or a uh, Instagram story or an Instagram post. I will also be keeping track of all of those. Okay. Each time you do it, your name goes into the barrel. But for an extra 
uh, we'll call it for an extra. How many? How many? How many entries do you want to give them for the, for this part, um, Ross? Which is this part? The the secret part we spoke about before we went on. The the pip. Yeah. No. The. Oh right. Sorry. Sorry. Yeah. No. Yeah. Sorry. It's, it's ten o'clock. It's late. Um, <laughs> so we'll yeah. give you three entries if you do this. Okay. So let's just start again. So you've got share the Instagram. Worth worth a point. You've got uh, Twitter. Com- Twitter worth a point. Facebook worth a point. So you got comments, com- comment, comments, got- or like on YouTube. Point. But I'm not sure that we can identify a like, like hitting the thumb button. I'm okay. not sure, you- but uh, comment on YouTube. I'm in. Like I'm in. Uh, yep. And then subscribe to the YouTube. Yep. Extra. Let us know that you subscribed. Yep. And this one, you get an extra point if you uh, can tell us what the driver is. It's a Callaway. It's from the Epic family, but there are a number of drivers in the Callaway Epic family, a number of different heads. I am going to put it up in the video now. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I'm going to put it up to the camera, and you can see it there. Uh, so if you can go to the YouTube and watch, that's another way of getting you to the YouTube and liking, subscribing, and doing that. But if you watch it, there it is. That's it. From the Epic. So tell us what it is uh, in... Yeah, you can DM, you can put it in the comments uh, or whatever you want to do, um, you'll get another point. So if That was can... an amazing Wilson, tailor-made, Slazenger, Dunlop driver, that one. No, it's a, it's a Callaway. It's a Callaway from, um, the, from the Epic family. It's Callaway, but it's not a big Bertha. Yeah, but I was saying weird names that didn't give it away, so then people would <laughs> be like trying to go, you have to go watch the video. Well, so there's, you, there's, three, there's three or four models in the Epic family, so it could be any one of those uh, models. And the is it, yeah, is it the no CTI? Is it the, the semi-CTI? Totes legal, man. It's totes legal. But what I do know is it hits the ball a long way. Just ask Phil. <laughs> oh, sorry. So, so two weeks. So basically what we'll do is it'll be, an, it'll be for this week and next week. So that's including the Arnold Palmer Invitational and the Puerto Rico Open for all of you that love the secondary uh, alternate event. And the winner will be announced on the Players' Championship show. Ooh. Okay. I'll do a live uh, internet drawing thing that will uh, make sure we get video up so we can post it. Maybe that's where we can have our, yeah, you and I can get together at uh, Big Swing Golf Central because I've got TPC yep. Sawgrass on that big simulator there. I'd love to ace that hole. Yeah, and we could have an ace <laughs> fest. Uh, you could have, yeah, anyway, that's competition too. There we go. Okay. Um, once again, totally unplanned. Okay, so we'll put the whole details of how you can win that on the uh, notes. Cool. Um, Gents, uh, the Athena this weekend, if you are in Melbourne and you want to go and see some quality women's golf, uh, we're talking some of the best professional golfers in Australia. I think also some of the elite amateurs uh, have been invited. I can't remember that 100%. They did last year. uh, I think Momoko... um, uh, Kabori... Momoko... We got... Kelsey Bennett, Stephanie Bunky, Karis Davidson, Grace Kim, Grace Lennon, Molly McLean, Cassie Porter, Kristen Rudgley, Jade Shellback, Hani Song, Julian Sue, and Sarah Wilson. Okay. Well, uh, Kristen Rudgley, who won every event in the UK that was to be won as an amateur last year, uh, she's still an amateur. She's playing. Uh, But so day one is a skills challenge, like a skills combine, and um, the women get points for different challenges so there's a bunker play and then there's a an up and down and a chipping competition and all, all these different skills challenges it's quite fun to watch uh, i think maybe ports will be commentating on again and stacy peters and etc maybe carrie i'm not sure if carrie's around but anyway there was a whole there'll be all those guys commentating. Port, port's definitely there yeah. port's definitely there and um adidas sponsor it so great supporters of women's golf uh, the adidas apparel brand um check that out but and then Sunday uh, at Royal Melbourne uh, is the knockout, the, the match play knockout. So it's like a round robin knockout, and uh, you know, and ends up with uh, one of the one of the girls becoming a winner. Um, a good fun format, a way of the WPGA Tour uh, supporting the the women's golf and giving the, the girls something different to 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 work on. And um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. So if you are and, in Melbourne, and, and if you can't get there, it is on Foxtel and yeah. KO from midday yep. till four thirty. So you get days. to see Sandy Links on day one. And I believe Royal Melbourne on day two, uh, they're literally opposite each other, and uh, two great fine golf courses, or well, three if you include the two courses at Royal Melbourne. Um, very good, 
Rocket, thank you. Pleasure, thanks, as always. Thanks for your insights, uh, Magic. Thank you for your insights. Thank and you. Uh, more importantly, uh, for you listening at home, We've given you a whole heap of information how you can win a Callaway driver. I'm sure that you do want to win a Callaway driver. It's a good one. Um, make if, sure to tag me so I can make sure that I keep track of the numbers, please. If you've got any questions, just send us a DM. Send Magic yep. or myself yep. uh, a DM. Just ask. Yeah. Uh, we can't get you an extra point for DMing us, but um, if you've got I'll, any... I'll take one point off if you ask a silly question. No, not at all. Okay. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Or just, or just ask me a question on Twitter. I'll yep. talk about anything. <laughs> Well, that's pro- that's a separate project, uh, Project 1000 for um, Rocket's... <laughs> oh, I forgot about my own project. Project 1000. Uh, if you want to follow Rocket, uh, he's... Please. He's keeping, he's keeping it pretty real. Um, you know, you, you might have to, you know, get a little bit of political stuff in there, but the golf stuff is um, it's pretty real. It's good. So you get on board with the Rocket Man. Uh, my Rocket, um, sorry, nearly forgot. Uh I was in the city and picked up the special delivery Ma Rocket. Thank you very much for uh, the delivery of uh, Scotch. Mum, I'm out. <laughs> I need more. Did you say, I, I, I sent you guys the invoice, uh, the um, receipt for Ma Rocket's donation for Rocket's blonde hair. Yeah. He keeps thinking we're, we're forgetting, but we're not forgetting. His oh. own mum's put in money and he hasn't done it yet. That's not, that's not great. Yep. It's not that hard, Rocket. Like you just give it a bit of a bleaching. Queensland, everyone's bleached their hair in Queensland now. That's yeah, it. mate. Like a frosted fringe or something. Get, get funky. Like a lemon juice. Don't leave the funk. Don't leave the funk to Twitter. Get, you know, bring some funk to the, the the people in the pictures. No, it's not going down well, mate. Uh, Ma, sorry, we tried, but um, anyway, thanks for your donation to Lifeline one three one 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 four. Um, people do great work. If you are in need and support of any time of difficulty, uh, feel please call Lifeline because those people are there to help. Um, but we donated uh, rockets, what was it, 50 bucks, 25 bucks, whatever it was. 25 bucks, yeah. yeah. it doesn't matter, whatever, any amount, every amount counts. Um, maybe we should have put that in the criteria. If you send us a receipt of your um, donation to Lifeline, you get an extra point. Yep. Uh, we can put that in as well. If anyone does make Done. a donation to Lifeline, uh, you get an extra point. You know, you any got, amount. Yeah, all you got to do is send us the receipt, blank out your address, but um, the address will go towards uh, us knowing maybe where to send the uh, driver to. All right. See you next time. Thanks for joining and uh, appreciate everything that you do for us. Thank you.